0: Nogue, you're a foreign correspondent in Israel, and now that this government press office may wants to be taken over by the Israel Public Diplomacy Minister, Galit Distal Atbarian, how important is a GPO card in Israel?
1: GPO card is super important. It became extremely important during the coronavirus pandemic, because if before that you could kind of hang out in Israel and do your journalistic work casually, Um, all of a sudden you couldn't go anywhere without a press card. Literally, do you remember we had um, checkpoints on the highways you couldn't go more than 100 meters from your house? And a press card is the single thing that allowed you to get your job done. And it remains important, not maybe acutely like then, but for example, you wanna cover a Supreme Court hearing, they wanna see your press card. You want to enter any ministry to interview a minister or just to chat with an aide, you need to show your you can't just card. show
0: an id card it has to be a gpo card
1: you can try showing just an id mm-hmm. card i and... remember
0: it used to be restricted back in the day a long time ago when it was very powerful <laughs> you used to need the gpo card to go to any press conference or any kind of a meeting with the prime minister but i thought it became lax you didn't really you could operate as a journalist without it anymore
1: i think for a while you could mm-hmm. pre-pandemic you could But in a way, what you're describing is the degradation of the GPO. Exactly. Because you're talking about the era when the government press office did its job and held press conferences. And the leader of the opposition was invited sometimes to give a chat to journalists or different ministers or different members of Knesset or the chief scientist, I remember. The GPO would set these things up to facilitate the work of journalists, and it made Israel a welcoming place to the foreign media. And over the years, in particular, I'd say the last 10 to 15 years, the government press office has stopped doing that. I can't remember the last time they hosted an actual press conference for the foreign media. Maybe you can help Mm -hmm. me out on this. I don't remember it. And what they've become are kind of gatekeepers. So what does that mean? What it means is that the government press office that has no such actual authority functions as the minister of Interior and the uh, border authority for the state of Israel. So if you are, for example, a French freelance journalist and you have a commission to do a story about a new hotel opening in the desert in Israel, this has happened quite a lot recently, um, and you want to legally be able to work in Israel, You can apply online for a press card, and you are very unlikely to get it. Really? Really, because the GPO has become a body that um, makes impossible demands. For example, for freelancers, among the top two demands they make are you have to show that you have a work contract, and you have to show that you have a steady minimum income. So by definition, if you're an independent journalist, as I am, you have no contract, and you don't have a, a, a guaranteed minimum income.
0: Is this because they want to control who's coming in? Or, uh, p- political reasons? Political well, views? I, can't, I mean, I,
1: I, don't, I, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I know the reality is that they absolutely control. I know many journalists who have not been allowed in and who are honorable people. In other words, they haven't just gotten a standard three-month tourist visa and then kind of surreptitiously come here to work anyway. One reason they haven't done that is because in order to enter the Palestinian authority and work, you need Israeli an Israeli GPO card, or they can very easily not let you back into Israel wow. from Palestinian territories because you can't show a press card. So basically, they're controlling the borders. They decide who lives here and who works here and who doesn't, and they have no authority to do so, and they do so arbitrarily. They
0: have no <laughs> oversight over them, who they let in?
1: Well, you know, your colleague, Yav Zahavi, just asked me exactly that question. Doesn't the ombudsman check? And I said, well, somebody would have to file a complaint with the ombudsman. I haven't had the energy. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody does. The foreign media who don't have Israeli citizenship, as I do, are too afraid to stir up trouble because they know they'll get kicked out.
0: Now, the report that we got was that the minister, this, uh, this minister, Galit Distal Atbarian, wants it so she can deny press credentials to foreign journalists critical of Israel. I mean... Really? Uh, That's like, (laughs) it's a third world, isn't it?
1: It's very third world. It's very thorough and it's upsetting on so many levels, right? Because first of all, um, in in English we call her the Minister for Public Diplomacy, but I think a more correct translation of Hasbara is propaganda. Mm -hmm. She's a minister in charge of propagandizing the government of Israel. Of course, she should be kept very far away from the government press office that is an independent body that is supposed to facilitate the work of the media. So what she wants is to overtly turn it into an arm of the government that basically censors foreign media coverage. That's an outrage. That's the reason Michal Shemesh's story today is so important. But behind that is a much bigger story which is that she wants it because the GPO has already become that kind of an organization. Mm. It's a rogue branch of the prime minister's office. No one supervises them. They're no, On their website, there are no criteria for who they're going to let in or not. Um, they demand to see pay stubs for your work. They have no right to know how much I'm earning or if I'm publishing something for free. It's not their business.
0: But for our listeners' sake, I mean, in historical ter- time, I mean, terms... It's always been like this. They have always been heads of GPOs who were critical of some of the foreign correspondents and tried to take away the GPO cards. It was a a badge of honor if you have it removed because it meant you were a a real (laughs) journalist. I Mm -hmm. think there
1: was one uh, chief of the GPO who you may be remembering in particular who had that attitude and who ended up losing his career Uh over that. But before that, um, representing governments of very different parties. I want to give the example of Zev Hefetz. I want to give the example of Uri Dromi. Right. There were extremely excellent professionals who led this office, and it was a time when Israel operated like a modern Western country vis-a-vis the foreign media. It was much better times.
0: So what's happening now is just another sign that this this current government is what?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's longer than that. This is a sign of the fact that over a very, very long term in office, now 16 years, if I'm not mistaken, the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Netanyahu, has wanted to weaken the institutions of state. One of the groups he wanted, one of the bodies he wanted to weaken, and he did, he made it irrelevant, is the GPO. He made it, instead of an organization that facilitates media work, he made it a gatekeeper to keep in and out whoever he felt like it, or more likely whoever his people feel like. And now, Galit Distelet-Barian, who's not doing much in her ministry, wants to grab it, because at least that will make her feel like she's doing something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Noga Tarnopolsky, thanks for joining us here.
1: Ario Sullivan, a pleasure <laughs> chatting with you.